Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. is airing on Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. Hello everyone, it's Shannon back with you for a Tuesday morning episode. It is so hard for me to believe that I'm doing an October episode. It doesn't seem like that long ago that I was doing, you know, like the beginning of 2022, January, February, and here we are, it's almost over. So, I am here with an interview today and of course your guide to the week's new releases. And the interview that I have for you is one that Stacy and I did with romance novelist Angie Hockman. We discuss her latest novel, Dream On, and also um, gush a little bit over her previous book, Shipped. So let's get started with that, and then I'll be back to chat with you about new books. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Book Bistro podcast. Once there, you can post to our timeline. You can also message us privately. If you want a more social interaction, you can join our Facebook listener group, which is pretty quiet at the moment, though we are looking at some ways of possibly revamping it. If Facebook is not your thing and you still would like to hang out with us, check us out on our WhatsApp group. You can subscribe to that either by messaging us through Facebook or by sending us an email and one of us will be happy to add you. If you're looking to get a hold of us via email, you can do that by contacting the book bistro podcast at gmail.com. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the book bistro podcast. This is Shannon. I also have Stacy here with me. And we are chatting today with author Angie Hockman, whose novel Dream On was released here in the U.S. on July 5th. Angie, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Can we start with a brief introduction to Dream On so that listeners can have a little bit of an idea what to, inspe- what to expect in case they haven't like read the blurb or you know, maybe heard people talking about the book so far? Sure. Yeah. So Dream On is a romantic comedy in a similar vein to classic 90s rom-com films like While You Were Sleeping. Yes. And, and it follows uh, a young woman, Cassidy Walker, who gets into a car accident and winds up in a coma. And while she's in this coma, she has dreams of this boyfriend, Devin Bloom, except when she wakes up, she realizes Devin's not real. No one in her life had ever met him, heard of him, knew him. He doesn't exist. So fast forward a year, uh, she's moving on with her life. You know, she's starting a job at a high power law firm in Cleveland, moving into a new place with her best friend. And one day she walks into a flower shop and boom, there he is. Her dream man, Devin, is real. He does exist, except he doesn't know her because they've never actually met before. Um, so they get together to try to solve the mystery of why did she dream of him in this coma and embark on a little romance. Although uh, perhaps fate uh, has 
other plans in store. Uh, you'll have to read to find out. Ah, uh, yes. But they are very <laughs> happy plans. I just, uh, yes, for our romance people. <laughs> Yes, this <laughs> is a good romance. plan. So, yeah, yes. ever after, yeah. Yes. And I, I have to tell you, I'm an Ohio girl, and I really loved your very vivid um, way you painted pictures of Cleveland. Um, it made it feel very alive and um, just like a sort of a character in the book as well, just the city. Just you made it very vibrant, and I appreciate that a lot. Um, it was. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah I you're welcome. That. And I, <laughs> I, I, really well, I live outside of Cleveland, so Cleveland's my ah! hometown. Um, I grew up outside of Columbus myself, but yeah, I lived in the Cleveland area for about 10 years total now. And um, at first, you know, when we first moved here, I was like, I don't know. You know, people call Cleveland the mistake by the lake. Um, <laughs> I know. Not that wonderful. Um, but oh my gosh, it, it it is so charming. Like people have no idea. Um, I absolutely fell in love with the city. Um, I mean, it has so much to offer with like restaurants and culture and sports and the lake and um, world-class medical institutions. Yeah, and right. Cost of living. <laughs> Just lots. Yeah. So Cleveland, um, I think it is an absolutely wonderful city, and I loved being able to bring it into Dream On. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it, it just felt so, I felt like I was in Cleveland in the summer, like, you know, on the lake on the 4th of July. And like, I don't know, it just felt very, it really added a lot of great depth to things and just and probably because I can picture a lot of areas of Cleveland too as I was reading so I was like oh I wonder if she's ever like visited there so this is oh, yeah yeah um and <laughs> well, I have to you. say I also have to compliment I know we're here to talk about Dream On which is amazing but I just want to thank you for writing Shift last year that was such a wonderful book um and I enjoyed it a lot and I laughed out loud all the way through it and just thought it was so delightful so I always like to take the opportunity to thank authors if I like a previous book um while we're while we're chatting, but it just, I thought that was a very special book and I really loved all of the descriptions of the islands and the, the turtles and like all the different things that you wrote about just um, was, it just was very lovely and so fun to read in the summer. So. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you that. so much. Yeah, you're yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, hey, we're fans you. on Book Bistro. We want to make sure you know. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> well, goodness, you're making me blush. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in um, this book, you know, you have, you have a, a very wonderful, interesting heroine who, um, you know, went through an experience that was rather um, life changing for her. And um, I really like the way that you wrote about, like, some of the long term impact of being in a coma for six days um, and just some of the, me the memory issues that she continued to have. Um, I, I don't know. I just I really added to the book for me. It gave it a lot more layers on um, the fact that she was you know, dealing with so much, like from being a, a summer associate and, and her um, her memory issues and all the stuff with um, with Devin, like it just I don't know. It was just a lovely book. And I'm trying not to give spoilers and compliment at the same time. But no. <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> um, was there a lot of research that went into um, writing about a person who had experienced um, being in a coma for that length of time um, mm -hmm. with all the so memory issues? Yeah, I mean, I definitely um, did some research. You know, I didn't want to just dive yeah. in and, and, you know, totally make something up um, uh, out of the whole cloth, you know. So, um, you know, I tried to be as real as I could while um, also, you know, being able to write the story that I wanted to write. So I definitely took, I think, some literary license. And, you know, <laughs> I want to recognize the fact, obviously, like, you know, people you know, who've been in a coma, um, that's very serious, right? Like traumatic yes. brain injuries are very serious. And, um, you know, and I, hopefully in... in 
reading Dream On, you know, people see that, you know, my story is lighthearted and, you know, but while also acknowledging that, yeah, you know, if, if you've been in that situation, I suppose, with a traumatic brain injury, you can have long term effects from that. Um, for in writing Dream On, you know, I, I wanted uh, Casta to struggle a little bit, you know, especially with like short term memory. Um, and actually, I drew a little bit from my own experience. Um, I'm ADHD, was mm-hmm. not diagnosed until I was an adult. Um, and one of the things, um, you know, about being ADHD is that you tend to be very forgetful. So things like, you know, if I don't write it down, it doesn't happen. Or, you know, if something's not in the calendar, it doesn't exist. Like, yes. that's kind of, I was able to sort of bring at least that that feeling of frustration where it's like, okay, you do, you know, you have to adapt. You have to, you know, learn to write things down and make reminders and, you know, to-do lists and use your calendar app. Um, so I brought that in a little bit, you know, just um, to add a bit of, of realism. Um, but otherwise, yeah, yeah. Um, try to make it as real as possible while also uh, being able to tell the story I wanted to tell. So this kind of segues nicely into, um, we always like to ask authors here on Book Bistro, if, if you don't mind sharing, can you tell us a little bit about your writing process? Sure. So I um, consider myself a plotter. Um, you know, there's kind of two types yes. of writers, plotters and panthers. Um, plotters are ones who like to outline, do a lot of brainstorming in advance. They know exactly where the story is going to go. Um, people who can just sit down and kind of write a story by the seat of their pants. Um, God bless them. I'm always very, very <laughs> impressed because I cannot do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, um, uh, I like to um, start with a lot of what if questions, I think, when I'm first starting a story. So for Dream On, it was, you know, what if a woman dreamed of a man that she was in love with? And then when she woke up, she realized he's not real. You know, and why would that happen? How would that come about? And then, oh, my gosh, what if it turns out he was real? You know, but he doesn't know her. Um, and then I, I go from, you know, have this sort of core idea for a story. And then from there, I think about the characters. And then I think about, well, what kind of journey do I want them to go on, um, you know, as individuals, but also because this is a romance, you know, toward each other to be able to grow, to reach a place where they can then be together. Um, and then I sit down and I do a lot of outlining from that. Ah, yes. Outlining. I was never, ever good at outlining, like in grad school, anywhere. Mm-mm. It's just <laughs> not a thing. I'm it's a talent. At. It's a talent for sure. <laughs> well, I don't know if my outlines are, you know, technically um, very beautiful. <laughs> I use oh, well, the okay. outline very loosely. <laughs> More like bullet points and chicken scratch. You know? <laughs> just, the ideas get down on paper. <laughs> I think as long as it works, as long as it's functional, I think you're okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, good. Good. So I want to. Um, shift gears just a little bit um, and ask you if you can tell us anything about what's coming next for you now that Dream On is in the world. We're recording just a couple of weeks after its publication. Yeah, so I uh, I am working on my next project. It's another standalone romantic comedy. Yay, um, yay. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> staying in the genre. Uh, and I'll be taking that um, proposal to my publisher um, pretty soon, you know, in the next few weeks or a couple months. Um, so, yeah, just doing a lot of um, doing a lot of brainstorming, outlining, writing those first few chapters. Um, yeah. So we'll see. You know, stay tuned. Stay tuned. So how this much, is exciting. <laughs> how much do you turn in like for a proposal? Um, about 50 pages or so. So the first, you know, four or five chapters, something like that. Oh, OK. OK. Mm-hmm. And then do you also give like an outline so that they know kind of where you're you're going with it? Yes. Yes. So I'll write out a full synopsis for the whole book and turn that in as well. Awesome. 
we are very interested in the whole process here at Book Bistro. We love to hear about all of that. <laughs> okay. Yep. So shifting gears again, because that's what I do. I'm wondering, you know, you've written two rom-coms and you're talking about you're writing a third. So I'm wondering, are you a romance reader yourself? Oh, yes. Yes. Yay. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. So I started reading romance maybe about uh, 13, 14 years ago. Uh, I was in a book club with some friends of mine and a good friend of mine handed me The Duke and I by Julia Quinn, which, oh. of course, has subsequently been turned into the Bridgerton yeah. Yeah, <laughs> series on Netflix that we all love. Um, yeah. And at first I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like a romance. She's like, you know, you have to read it. I'm like, okay, fine. And oh my gosh, I was done. Yeah. I was hooked and I binged the whole series, you know, and then I went on to Lisa Kleypas and then, you know, others in historical romance and then fantasy romance and contemporary romance, um, you know, so yes, uh, yes, I, I am a romance reader. Do you have a favorite like genre within romance? Like you said, you know, that you've read in different like subgenres. So do you have a favorite like setting or, or genre that you gravitate toward the most? Yeah, I think these days, um, and it has shifted over time, but um, I would say contemporary romance, especially mm-hmm. like any any romance that uh, has a flavor of feminism, you know, <laughs> so, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm all about it. Yes. And uh, so as as a romance reader, do you have any um, and I know they kind of come and go as like, you know, you're in your life, but like, what are your current favorite tropes in romance? Do you have any favorites? Um, well, I would say enemies to lovers. Um, you write amazing I, enemies to lovers, I have to oh, say. <laughs> thank you. So that was, yes, that was a trope and shift. Um, which, yes. Uh, I, yes, I give me enemies to lovers any day of the week. Um, I too. love forced proximity, which obviously done the shift. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's only one bed, you know, love that. That did not come up in shift or, or, Sadly. You know, but yes, I love that as well. So maybe in a future book, <laughs> but yeah, I think those are probably my favorites. So is there a trope that like you love a lot, but like you're a little hesitant to write? Like, is there something that's kind of like your like dream kind of thing to to write, but like, you know, you haven't actually tackled it yet? Oh, that's a really good question. So, hmm. well, I guess maybe second chance romance. Um, I read, uh, was it funny? You should ask. Um, oh, recently. Uh, and I just love that. I thought it was one of the most well done, you know, second chance romances I've ever read. And I'm, I, I think it can be kind of tricky to pull that off. Well, I don't know. Like, so I'm always very impressed when I read a book that, you know, the second chance romance trope is, is, um, is done well. So I'm thinking maybe I'll tackle that, you know, maybe for my next book or maybe, you know, the one after that, but I'm a little nervous. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, but I think I'm going to do it. That's I'm going to try. Yes, that's fair. Yeah, sometimes I struggle with second chance romance because like the thing that kind of pulled them apart in like initially often just feels kind of contrived. Yeah. You know, like I really have to like buy into, you know, why they were separated. Yes, exactly. Right. It's not based on a misunderstanding that could have been cleared up with a conversation. Right. Right. You know, so yeah, no, but, uh, yeah, funny you should ask. I thought that, um, and I, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the author. Was um, Alyssa Sussman? Alyssa Sussman, yeah. Yes, yes. So she did it so well, I thought, in that book. So that's my sort of guiding light there. You know, if I want to tackle the trope, I'm going to go back well, and read her book. <laughs> and speaking of um, books, do you have um, 
any recommendations of books that you've read recently that you'd like to tell people about? Yeah. So, um, well, I'm right now uh, just finishing up Something Wilder by Christina Lauren. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And they're, I mean, oh, gosh, I adore them. I think they're awesome. Um, they were big inspirations to me when I first started out as a writer. I saw them speak at a conference in Chicago. Um, I, I love their books. So I always want to give them a shout out. Um, so Something Wilder. Yep, I'm finishing that up. Loving it. Uh, another one I read recently uh, was Lacey Walden's From the Jump. Oh, um, yes. That's today. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes, that's right. It comes out today. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, because I got to read it um a few months ago. I got to read a little oh, bit early, so but <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Perks of the job, I guess. Yeah. But, uh yeah. Oh, it's a delight. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So um if you liked uh Shipped, you know, or if you read her first book, um The Layover last year. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes, definitely check out From the Jump. Um it has a wonderful group of friends in that book. Um it's like a friends to, to lovers romance and like this sort of group of friends where as I'm reading it, I'm like, I want to be their friend, you know? Like, <laughs> yes. Uh, and it takes place partly in South Africa, partly in Los Angeles. So it's a wonderful escapist read. Um, so I like to sing about from the jump, you know, um, shout about it from the rooftops whenever I get a chance. I definitely Excellent. recommend that. Yes. And, you know, you, you said how you wanted to be friends with the people in from the jump. And that's how I felt about Cass and um, Bree. Oh. And in their friendship. And I was like, oh, I want to be there. I want to go hang out in their house and like drink, you know, cheap Riesling on the front porch and like meet an African parrot. That- yeah. <laughs> Bad attitude parrot. <laughs> yes. And so, I mean, it really is. It's, it's a talent for sure. If you can um, suck someone into a book in that way and make them feel like they're part of that group and, and like that these are, you know, fully fleshed out like real people. So um, I, I meant to tell you that earlier that I, I loved the, the secondary characters, the friends. Um, and also just the way you wrote Devin's high school friends, I felt that very vividly. <laughs> so oh, thank, you. thank you. Yeah, that was <laughs> that scene on the 4th of July. I really, um, I'm going to think about that for a while for many reasons, but, um, partly cause his sort of, uh, preppy high school friends, I think we've all experienced people like those. Yeah. Um, and yeah. anyway, but I, I did love the friendship aspect of this book just as much as the romance. And I, I meant to tell you that. So <laughs> Sorry, oh, I got us off track, Shannon. Yeah, no, you're, you're fine. <laughs> well, I I'm appreciate not it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the kind of things about romance. Like, we read it, obviously, for, like, the the actual love story. But there are often so many other layers that you get. And I think that is what people don't understand when they talk about, like, oh, you know, I don't – I don't think I want to read romance. Like you always know what's going to happen, blah, you know, whatever like mm-hmm. people need to say about that. But like you can find just so much depth and so much heart. And even in like the supporting cast, a lot of the time, yeah. like you have just so many layers of people's experiences and the things, you know, that draw them together and push them apart because nobody lives in a vacuum where you're just like, Oh, you know, I'm, in a romantic relationship now. And like, that's my whole world. And I love kind of watching these people like bring their, their partner kind of into the space that they've carved out for themselves in the world, whether that's with like a supportive family or a group of friends or work colleagues, like whatever it is. I I just, I love watching that kind of integration of like two people's lives. Yep. Mm -hmm. I spoke to that well. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I mean, um, Oh my goodness. Yes. Like you, I feel like you just touched on so many things that gets me fired up, you know, when people 
um, poo poo romance. You know? Oh, that just drives me crazy. <laughs> so, um, goodness gracious. Yes. I mean, I think so much of it has to do with the fact that women read romance and it's associated yes. with the feminine and therefore it is less worthy of our, you know, attention or consideration or respect. Like, oh, go, go fly a kite. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no, 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 no. Romance is awesome. Um, and yeah, and I really do love writing romance, um, that, that is reflective of, uh, what we want out of a relationship and like you said it's not just like oh I'm in love now like bye family bye friends bye career <laughs> like this is my whole life like no 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 like if you're like that oh my gosh please don't be like that you know right like that's <laughs> the problem like, of no, a no. different sort <laughs> yeah <laughs> like no but like right it's like you gotta love yourself you, you need to have goals in life and you know and, and, and have a life you know outside of the romance and it's all um, it all comes together, you know, and romance is, is important. You know, we are, uh, most of us look for human connection at some point or another in our lives and want to find someone to share the, share it with. Um, and that's important, but I do love bringing in these other real life kind of themes or topics, um, because it's, it's, it's real, right? Like it's, it's things we all experience, whether it's work or friendships or family, um, alongside the swoonworthy, you know, romance. Um, but those are the kind of books that I like to read. And so that's the kind of, book that I like to write. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that because when I talk to authors, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, when I'm writing, I find it really difficult to read like within my genre. So I'll read outside the genre because I don't want, you know, sort of like my work to be influenced by things I read. And then other people will say that reading in their genre while they're writing, you know, kind of keeps that like spark alive for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm curious kind of where you fall on that spectrum, I, like when you're deep in writing mode. So when I'm deep in writing mode, I don't read. I, it's generally I don't have a lot of time to read anything. <laughs> so then I'm just writing. But then when I'm if I'm at a point where, you know, maybe I'm waiting on, um, you know, copy edits to come back or notes from my editor or I'm between books, that's when I really like to dive in and read a lot more. Um, and it definitely inspires me. I like to read within um, my genre. I love reading the, the modern rom-coms. So it's a bit of both. You know, I do, I mean, I continue to read rom-coms, um, but maybe not when I'm like in the thick of writing, you know, right before a deadline. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> buckle down and get the writing done. <laughs> and um, do you have any um, advice for aspiring authors, um, you know, as as you are very successful in this and your your books are lovely. And we always like to know, you know, if you have any words of wisdom for people who are just starting out and trying to yeah. write that first book. <laughs> Absolutely. Number one, do it. You know, write it. I think so many people say, oh, I really want to write a book. And uh, and maybe they maybe they write a chapter, maybe they write a few chapters. But very few people, I think, actually reach the end. Um, for True. one reason or another. So number one, if you can sit down and write that dang book, you are already ahead of the curve. So sit down, write it. Don't worry about how bad it is. You know, first drafts are always bad. Get the words on the page and then focus on improving from there. You know, and I would suggest um, there are a lot of really wonderful books on craft. Um, I would suggest uh, searching around your local community or online to find a writer's group that you can join, um, perhaps like in your genre, you know, and find like-minded writers who can give you critical feedback um, that you can learn from and, and help you improve. And I would say too, just never give up. Um, publishing is is a, is a difficult industry to break into, um, and it rarely happens overnight for people. You know, occasionally you hear about somebody like, oh, I wrote a book, and then I, I queried agents, and 
a week later, I had an offer from an agent. And then a week after that, I got a six figure offer, of, you know, a publication. Right. It's like, well, congratulations, you are an outlier. Like, that's right. happens very often. It's usually like months and months of a slog in the query trenches and then going on submission for months and months. And, and in fact, the first full length book I ever wrote, um, it was a, it was a romantic suspense. It never got published. So shift was the second oh. book that I wrote, um, and that my agent took on submission. And that one did. So it might take writing multiple books, but you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. So don't give up. Keep at it. The world needs your story. Um, and, and you'll get there someday. I believe in you. Thank you. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Sending all the love out into the world and like hope and belief and like good vibes for all the writers out there. Yes. Yes. Well, I want to thank you so, so much for taking time to chat with us today. I think it is such a wonderful thing that we're able to talk with authors and let listeners know kind of who they are and you know what they do. Um, so I, we really appreciate your time. Goodness. Well, thank you so much for having me on. This has been a blast. You're welcome. Can you let us know the best place to find you online? Sure. So I'm active on social media um, on uh, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. You can find me at Angie underscore Hawkman. I'm also on Facebook at Angie Hawkman author. Um, you can also head to my website, www.angiehawkman.com and find all of that information there as well as uh, a sign up for my author newsletter if that's of interest to anybody. Perfect. And one more kind of new question that I have decided to add to the roster at the end. And that is, do you caption your Instagram photos? Do I caption them? Like write a little description for them? Yes. 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 Oh, yes. Yes. Got to write. Got to write something. Yes. (laughs) Well, but I mean, like, (laughs) do you describe sort of what the photo is like for people who, who don't see the photo? No. Oh my gosh. No. And that's, you know, I have noticed that recently, you know, that I've seen people do that. And that is such a good thing. I'm really glad you asked that because that's a reminder. I think that is a nice thing to do and it's important, you know, for accessibility. So yes. uh, I don't currently, but now, now that you've brought this up, I'm going to make a note to self that this is something I should be doing. So thank you. Please do. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Again, this has been a discussion with author Angie Hockman about her latest novel, Dream On, which released in the U.S. on July 5th of this year. All right. So we are here to talk about October 4th books. So normally I start out with quite a few books that we've talked about on our most anticipated episode of uh, most anticipated releases of October episode. But this week, I only have one book that was mentioned in that episode. And that is a holiday romance that Stacy talked about. This is Just Like Magic by Sarah Hogel. So now I have a bunch of books that you haven't heard us mention previously. So let's get started with those. In 2017, Celeste Eng struck big with Little Fires Everywhere. It was her second novel, and it is now like a TV series, and it seemed to really put her on the map. Well, she is back with her third book. This is Our Missing Hearts. It is a literary novel with an unnamed narrator. And if you're me, this is kind of a problem. 
it's hard for me when narrators don't have names. Um, but it is a little bit speculative, it looks like. Um, it's pretty intriguing. If you love Little Fires Everywhere, I highly recommend that you pick this one up as well. This is Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Eng. Jody Pico is teaming up with Jennifer Finney Boylan, and their novel, Mad Honey, comes out this week. This is told from two different points of view and examines some pretty deep issues, you know, things that we keep from our pasts, the things that are important to us, but also the things that we choose to let go of. And how much, how much do we know kind of about these choices that we make and like what, what prompts us to make them? I am waiting for this to come in from my public library. Last time I looked, it told me I was something like 153rd in line. Um, they have 20 copies, though, so, you know, it, it'll be here eventually. This is Mad Honey by Jody Pico and Jennifer Finney Boylan. We also have A Place to Land. This is by Lauren K. Denton. It is a multi-generational novel about three women who come together in search of a new beginning. I have heard good things about Denton's work. I've never read her, but she's someone that is on my very, very large list of authors I hope to check out. So this is A Place to Land, and it's by Lauren K. Denton. How about some mysteries, right? Like mysteries are always nice. Um, if you like historical mysteries with romantic elements running through them, then you are probably familiar with Tasha Alexander and her Lady Emily series. This is Secrets of the Nile, and it is the 16th Lady Emily mystery. These are kind of similar in feel to books by Deanna Rayborn, Annalee Huber. Um, so they're historical mysteries with a strong female heroine who gets herself into all sorts of interesting dilemmas. And we also, of course, have a romance that runs through the series. So this is Secrets of the Nile, Lady Emily, book 16, by Tasha Alexander. We also have The Stranger Vanishes. This is Lily Dale, book five, by Wendy Corsi Staub. And this is a series that I haven't read, although I have read a few of Staub's standalones, and they are creepy, creepy, creepy. These, though, are cozy mysteries with a little bit of a paranormal bent. Um, they take place in a small town in upstate New York. So this is The Stranger Vanishes, Lily Dale, book five, by Wendy Corsi Staub. If you're looking for a cozy that is for like YA readers, I have for you, by the time you read this, I'll be gone. Murder, She Wrote Mysteries, book one by Stephanie Keene. This is a spinoff of the usual like Murder, She Wrote books featuring Jessica Fletcher. This is about the niece of Fletcher who is a teenager and she is now solving mysteries. Keene has written some very, very dark and gritty standalone YA thrillers, 
and I really am drawn to the way she creates her characters and the settings that they are there in. Um, I'm not always a big cozy mystery fan, although I have started reading more of them over the past year or so. But because I enjoy Stephanie Keene so much, this is probably something that I will at least check out. It's by the time you read this, I'll be gone. Murder, She Wrote, Mysteries, Book One by Stephanie Keene. Alexa Dunn is releasing a new thriller this week. This is Pretty Dead Queens. Um, she wrote The Ivies a couple of years ago, and now she's back with another thriller set in a school. Apparently, the homecoming queen is dead, and her death has ties to some other kind of cold cases that took place like 40 years ago. And so now we have a, a group of teens who are trying to find the truth. It is Pretty Dead Queens by Alexa Dunn. I'm moving on now to some kind of more horror-esque things. And I'm very excited to talk about The Witch in the Well by Camilla Bruce. Camilla Bruce wrote In the Garden of Spite a couple of years ago. And not only did I love that title, but that book is one of the creepiest and most atmospheric things I've ever read. Um, the Witch in the Well is a standalone, and it looks to be a bit shorter than in the Garden of Spite, but is also kind of a historical horror novel, and so I am definitely here for this. This is The Witch in the Well by Camilla Bruce. Rachel Harrison has a new book out as well. This is Such Sharp Teeth. Harrison wrote The Return a few years ago, and that was another very creepy book. Um, Stacy and I read it right at the beginning of the pandemic, and it was just so fresh and, again, atmospheric. Um, this one, though, is about a woman who may or may not be turning into a werewolf. It is Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison. All right, let's talk about some kind of fantasy paranormal romance. We have A Turn of the Tide, A Stitch in Time, Book Three by Kelly Armstrong. Brooke and Stacy both really enjoy this series. I've been a little bit leery because I think there might be some ghosts in it. Um, but this is a time slip series. Um, we talked about historical romance and Brooke talked about A Stitch in Time by Kelly Armstrong because of the going back in time to um, like the 1800s and finding love. So this is the third book in that series and it is A Turn of the Tide, A Stitch in Time, book three by Kelly Armstrong. We also have A Curse of Queens, Kingmaker Chronicles, book four, by Amanda Boucher. Amanda Boucher um, has written this series as well as kind of like a, like a sci-fi um, space opera series, but this is more fantasy romance. And the original three Kingmaker books are super, super good. I did not know that she had planned to write a fourth until pretty recently. So I am super excited to see where she takes the series, given that for a while it seemed to be completed and you didn't really expect to see anything new. 
but I am excited. This is A Curse of Queens, The Kingmaker Chronicles, book four by Amanda Boucher. And if you love Anna Aguirre and her Fix It Witches series, then I am here to make your day because the third book, Extra Witchy, is out. Kristen is a big fan of this series. Um, the first book is Witch, Please. And I'm actually on hold for this at my public library because it looks utterly delightful. I'm also a fan of Anna Aguirre's science fiction and um, her young adult kind of dystopians as well. But this one is Extra Witchy, Fix-It Witches, book three, by Anne Aguirre. All right. I want to talk about a few YA books to kind of round out this episode. First up is A Scatter of Light by Melinda Lowe. This is a book about, well, what happens when gay marriage is legalized and kind of how how this works in both good and bad ways for the families who are actually living with this. Um, apparently, we also get to see how things end up for the characters in Lowe's last night at the Telegraph Club, which I am a terrible person for not having read yet. Um, but this one is pretty popular for a lot of people that I know and I will read Telegraph Club so that I can eventually read this one as well. This is A Scatter of Light by Melinda Lowe. And Adam Silvera is taking us back to the beginning of his They Both Die at the End book from a couple of years ago. This is the first to die at the end, and it is They Both Die at the End book zero. And this is one of those things where we get to kind of see how things started after we know the end of the story. And so I'm guessing we get to see the start of how it is that we all learn when we will die. I loved both the romance and the speculative nature of they both die at the end. So I'm eager to see kind of how things began. This is the first to die at the end. They both die at the end, book zero by Adam Silvera. And last up is The Empress of Time by Kylie Lee Baker. This is YA fantasy. It is the sequel to last year's The Keeper of Night. And it is about a teenage girl who is a death goddess. And she has proven herself worthy of this title and is now facing some new challenges related to her post. This is The Empress of Time, Keeper of Night, book two, by Kylie Lee Baker. And that, my friends, is all I have for you this week. I hope that all of you are doing well. And if you um, were impacted by the hurricanes in Florida and the Carolinas, we are all sending you so much good energy. I hope all of you are reading lots of great books and just doing your best to stay safe and sane. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, 
You can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.